Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 13th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. Yes, Friday the 13th. Hopefully, Ross Aid Stadium is not a house of horrors as it's been for the Buckeyes many times. Ohio State just 3-5 and five against Purdue uh, in West Lafayette since 2000, which is insane. Um, when you dig a little deeper, I mean, some of those teams were pretty bad, though. You're talking about... Um, you know, the last year of the John Cooper era, 2000. You're talking about 2004, Jim Trussell's worst year. You know, you got to throw in the uh, the Luke Fickle year in 2011. So that's three of them right there. Um, the other two, there's no excuse for. But then he, there you go. So we're going to talk to Jonah Booker in just a moment. Um, before we do that, I want to let you guys know about one of our great sponsors, Manscaped. We are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped, Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using the code BUCKNUTS. For 20% off plus free shipping. What I like is how incredibly smooth the handyman is. You definitely don't have to worry about razor burn with this product. It'll be the smoothest shave you guys have ever had by far. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BUCKNUTS. For a, for a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the, the handyman from Manscaped. All right, let's bring in my guy, Jonah Booker. All right, first things first, it doesn't look good with a Mecca. At least it's not long-term. Uh, we'll see what that means. Um, I, I, I I think there's no way he's going to play tomorrow, Jonah. And then I just hope he's ready for Penn State. I'm concerned about that. We'll push that aside for a moment. Let's say he doesn't play tomorrow. Other than Marv, who do you think steps up the most? I think it's going to be Xavier Johnson, Dave. Uh, I think he's going to be someone that they're going to call upon, a veteran, really good in, in the return game. So I think you're probably going to see a combination of Marvin, uh, uh, Julian Fleming, and Xavier Johnson. It's going to be probably your top three with Carnell Tate also starting to get a little uptick in his playing time. So I think that's going to be the guys that you're going to roll with. You know Xavier Johnson is going to be someone that you can depend on. You saw him step up against Georgia. Uh, I think Xavier Johnson, he's going to be able to slide in there, maybe not be as explosive as a Mecca, but he's going to be someone who's going, going to be able to pick up those yards after catch uh, in this offense. So I look forward to seeing what he's going to do. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very curious to see how this is going to work out. Hopefully, Marvin balls out as usual, and then yeah, I mean Xavier Johnson is going to be heavily involved. I agree with you there. Julian Fleming is going to have more opportunities. Uh, people are hoping this is Carnell Tate's coming out party. Maybe it will be. Um, you know, it could be a little rainy tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But Carnell Tate's going to be out there certainly a lot tomorrow. Maybe we'll see Brandon Ennis. Maybe we'll see Jaden Ballard. We'll see what happens. I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. JB, I'm also very curious to get your take on Justin Fry, uh, his interview Wednesday after practice. Uh, you and I have not talked about this. I talked about it ad nauseum on the show yesterday. Just your thoughts on the running game right now, the play of the offensive line, and some of the comments from Justin Fry. I will say this to start. I'm not out on Justin Fry just yet. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are out on him, but I will say this before I go into detail. When you're at Ohio State, Dave, there's two things that the fans and the program expects out of you. One, you have to be an, an elite recruiter or a solid recruiter. Or two, you have to be someone who can really develop uh, his players, meaning that you're going to squeeze the most juice out of them. You're going to elevate their game and take them to the next level. If we're being honest right now with Justin Fry, we're not seeing it from either aspects. He's not bringing in the elite tackles that we need in this program right now. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of nuts and bolts to go into that when it comes to NIL. Um, are you uh, as aggressive as you should be in the transfer portal? Um, but we're not seeing that next wave of offense alignment being developed, Dave. I know a lot of people are going to blame uh, the cover being bare because of stud. But when you're being paid $1 million, this is big boy football. The expectations are at Ohio State, you need to have an elite offensive line and you need to have that next wave of younger guys ready to go. Right now, if you're to listen to Ryan Day, they have nothing behind this offensive line. They are begging. They're pleading for somebody in that next wave of units to start pushing some guys for playing time. They want to be able to give a younger guy 20 reps, 15 reps in the game just to see what they can do. Uh, but they're obviously not ready. When it comes to the run game, Dave, I think schematics is a major part in the the issues that they're having. I don't know if this offensive line is capable of getting to the second level for off combination blocks. I asked the question on Saturday, is this a talent deficiency to where these guys, they just physically cannot get to the second level to track down a linebacker? Or is it a coaching issue to where they do not understand their assignments? They don't understand the schematics. I've yet to make that determination, Dave. I think it's a little combination of both. Uh, when you guys interviewed Justin Fry, he was pretty calm um, about it. You know, they they talk about his coaching uh, points that needs to get better. They need to emphasize, um, you know, the, the assignments better. But it's just not where it needs to be, Dave. Just to be frank, Justin Fry has to step his game up. The offensive line has to step their game up. You're not going to be able to go through Penn State and Michigan with one yard per carry. I mean, if you can't run the ball, the football against Maryland, at this point, you're going to have to add, put a lot of pressure on Kyle McCord to step up and throw in the ball 35, 40 times a game. Because if you get down and you perform in that first half like you did against the big dogs is coming up, even at Wisconsin, Luke Fickle will have you in a chokehold 
if you're not able to be able to be uh, a balanced offense. So if they're not able to do that with this Ohio State team, they're going to be in some big trouble. So, I mean, I guess the good news is it's not up to us, you and me, to figure out, like, you know, how to fix it. It's up to Justin Fry. You know, he's the highest paid offensive line coach in the country, also is the run game coordinator. Um, you know, the proof will be in the pudding, but do you think this is fixable? I mean, he's talking now about trying to simplify things. That was the one thing he said on Wednesday that I didn't think was complete word salad. Most of it, he was just talking around everything and, um, you know, really didn't seem to have any answers, but he did get frank about, you know, maybe he threw too much at him. They're trying to simplify things. You could argue, you know, what's taking you so long to figure that out. Um, right. Jonah, can this be fixed? Can this running game be fixed? They're 96th in the country right now in rushing yards per game. Can this be fixed? It can get better. Um, can it be fixed? I think if you're asking, can it be fixed, then it's going to, it's going to take some pride to, it has to be swallowed from the coaching staff because you're asking an offensive alignment that is, shown they're not great in a zone running scheme. Asking those offense alignments to block laterally, laterally going from right to left, and then asking them to know how to get to the second level to block someone, they're just not good at it. You can simplify all you want to. Maybe you should change your schematics to where you're more of a gap scheme to these offense alignments. They're coming downhill, north and south. They're getting their pad level square. Um, and I will say this, Dave, a lot of people talk about Stud and what he did and didn't do as far as recruiting. Here's the honest truth in the bottom line. You have three four-stars on this offensive line, one five-star, and a three-star guy who is a veteran. Now, there's not many teams in college football that's going to have three four-stars and a five-star on the offensive line. Uh, so that right there tells you that, yes, Stubb did have his swing and the misses, but it wasn't to the fault to where, hey, we're lining up a bunch of, you know, outside 247 guys on the offensive line. No, they actually have some high-profile blue-chip guys that had multiple offers from teams all across the country. It's going to be up to Justin Fry to get it out of those guys if it means sim being simplified and simplify it. If you need to change your running scheme, change your running scheme. But you cannot, with the talent that you have, be this bad in the run game. I'm glad you mentioned that about the talent. I mean, it's easy to say, well, the talent's just not there. Um, I mean, maybe they were overrated. But, yeah, Donovan Jackson, five-star. Matt Jones is a sixth-year player who was knocking on the door to be a five-star. He was a very high four-star. If you go back and look at it, he was ranked as the number one center he was ranked as a center at the time same high school of course as curtis samuel rasmus hall in brooklyn you know matt jones was ranked as the number one center in the country carson hensman i think is going to be a really good one four star red shirt freshman his best days are ahead of him you nailed it josh fryer was a three star but like you know a high three star and he's a he's a good player um and uh and Simmons was a wait, was Fryer a four star or a three star? And Simmons was a three star. Fryer, was a four star. No, Simmons, Simmons was a four star, lower okay. four star, and Fryer was a three star. But it's not like Fryer is just now getting his feet wet. I right. thought Fryer, when he subbed in for Dewan Jones when he was injured, I thought Fryer played really well at the time. I just don't understand like why this offensive line has taken a major step back. I mean, especially Donovan Jackson, Dave. I mean, you look at some of the um the hype coming in for Donovan Jackson into the into the season, playing next to Paris Johnson last year, they was gassing 
uh, Donovan Jackson up to be a potential top three round draft pick, someone who had the potential to be the top guard on coming off the board. He's played himself back to being a senior um, at this point. There's no way he can leave for the NFL draft with the tape that he has out there. So I just don't understand how they have taken such a major step back. Like that's the one, that's the one concerning thing to me, Dave. Like, okay, in the start of the year, you expect the offensive line to have their bumps and their bruises. Um, but you're starting to see them get worse. And it's not like they're going against the heavy hitters in the Big Ten. That's the one thing that really concerns me. Like, hey, you're taking steps back within the season, not necessarily, you know, year to year right now. Yeah, it's it's a major concern. I just hope they they can figure out to get you know, and maybe they'll look good tomorrow against Purdue. We'll get to our Purdue predictions later, but um, you know that we won't. You know, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan. That's when you know we're gonna find out if they can run the ball well enough to win those games. And right now, they don't look like they can. But but the talent is there. They've got time to figure it out. You know, and, and we'll see. We'll see if they're able to figure it out. All right. Um, next topic here. Um. Brian Hartline uh, met with the media. Obviously, he was talked you know talked a lot about some of the guys, up and coming guys like Carnell Tate. But he also was asked about you know are you are you calling plays? And we all know he's not. But um, he was asking you basically are you calling plays? And his answer was you have to ask Coach Day. And then someone was asking, <laughs> well, you know, how's that whole process going as far as you know you being like involved with play calling? And his answer was you will have to ask Coach Day. So. You know, it's one of those things. I'm not breaking news here. You know this, of course, Jonah. Like, it's like Brian Hartline is offensive coordinator in title only. You know, maybe right. he'll get maybe next year. You pick a year, he'll he'll get more play calling responsibilities. But right now, he's not calling any plays. Is the is the vibe I'm getting? Yeah, he's not he's not calling any plays. It's funny because Brian, they give you a little bit, and then he won't say very much. Like you guys ask him, "What's the plan for Mecca?" and he said, "Oh, that's a secret as well." Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's not he's not calling the plays. This is Ryan Day. Here's the thing, Dave. Um, Ryan Day is calling these plays, and the offense is not performing to his expectations for him to feel comfortable to hand over that play calling. Um, we thought going into the season, the offense would be much more dynamic. Uh, we knew there'd be some bumps and bruises. I just think that the offensive line play is hindering what they really want to do offensively. The offensive line play is keeping them from being on schedule. What did, you know, Ryan and, and Hartline, what did those guys talk about? Four yards on the first play, on first down. That's what they're looking for out of the rushing attack. When you're when you're sitting in second and nine, second and ten, third and nine, that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on Kyle McCord to make some big-time throws. Um, so when the running game is stagnant the way it is, it's putting this offense um, at a major, major step back in the disadvantage. So if they can get it cleaned up, Dave, um, and here's the thing, watch them come out and just thrash Penn State all of a sudden, and everybody's just going to throw up their hands. It's like, where in the world has this been at? Like, that's that's kind of how funky this season is going along. Like, hey, you know, you play down to your competition, and then when you know the big dolls and the, the lights are the brightest, that's when you actually step up. That's kind of like the MO of this football program. That's why if the Michigan game, you know, goes if, if chalk holds in Michigan right now, if they play, I think Michigan I saw would be like a three and a half point favorite, which is interesting. It's basically the odds maker saying it would be like a pick 'em on a neutral field. Um, I would love that because Ohio State 
as we all know, as an underdog is very dangerous, very dangerous as an underdog. So um, they won't be an underdog against Penn State, but they'll be playing at home. And uh, you're right. They do tend to play up to their competition or down to their competition for whatever reason. Let's move on to the defense. I love what I'm seeing overall out of the defense. There's been a lot of talk this week, especially about the play of the linebackers. Curious to get your take on the play of the linebackers, Jonah. I think the linebacker play right now, Dave, is the one thing that's taking this defense to another level. Defense is darn good. Jim Knowles is doing an excellent job with the defense. You're just seeing that the Steel Chambers, Tommy's not really playing to what he was playing at last year. To be fair, they're asking the linebackers to be a little less aggressive as opposed to what they were doing last year to asking them to read and react. The thing is, is the linebackers, they're not very athletic. The guy, the three that they're playing with, Simon, Steele, Tommy, they're not athletic guys. They're they're solid guys, but they're they're nowhere near uh, playing at the level that you would expect from those guys. If they can get those uh, linebackers cleaned up, um, this defense is going to be something to behold, Dave. I really like uh, starting to like what's going on up front with Larry Johnson, his group. The secondary is playing outstanding. Um, and here's the thing. A lot of people, including myself, we've been clamoring for C.J. Hicks. And I want to clarify, people aren't asking for C.J. Hicks to start. People aren't asking for C.J. Hicks to be uh, a 60-snap type of linebacker. But when you have veteran guys that aren't playing very well, you're in the fourth quarter. You're up 20 points against a Maryland team. Game is in hand. At that point, can we let him and Gabe Powers go in, go in there and get the pads popping, Dave? You eventually got to develop these guys. If you're up 20 and you're you're running away with these games, okay, starters, Tommy, two thumbs, let's go. Let's get you some rest. Game is in hand. Thank you. You did a good job. 13 tackles. Steel Chambers, Cody Simon, thank you for your contribution. We need to get Gabe Powers. We need to get C.J. Hicks some of those younger guys in there to start developing the next wave, Dave. And here's the problem when you start talking about those younger guys. They're going to get thrown into the fire next year, and they're going to be making the mistakes that younger players typically make. But you're talking about guys that have been in the program for three years. And what's going to happen? The fans are going to say, see, see, they weren't ready. Well, if these guys don't have any type of meaningful playing time, any type of snaps to go in there to learn, to develop, they're going to be making mistakes that younger kids typically make when they're playing early because they've never got meaningful playing time. In just a moment, Joan and I are going to delve into the game tomorrow, high noon or 9 a.m. for Jay Book, Ohio State at Purdue. So stick around. We're going to give our Purdue predictions and just talk about the game in general. Uh, but I want to let you guys know about the sponsor that I tell you guys about every Friday. Love these guys. Underdog Fantasy. I love sports, fantasy sports in general. And these guys, this site is awesome. This episode of Bucknuts Morning 5 is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog using the promo code and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already, check them out. Be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app. And you go pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, if Travis Kelsey's number is set at 50 yards and you know that Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to be way higher than that number. Last night, he was way higher than that number. I think he got over that like in like five seconds. Uh, and Taylor Swift was in the house. 
you do that with two uh, through five different players and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can 20x your money. So sign up today with promo code BUCKNUTS and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with promo code BUCKNUTS to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There are a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we decided to partner with Underdog because it is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It is also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You must be 18 or over and present in the state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. All right. Yeah, man, I hope you had Travis Kelsey. I don't think he got a touchdown, but if you had if you had the over on Travis Kelsey, you're feeling pretty good. And of course, uh, Taylor Swift was in the house last night. <laughs> now, I didn't realize. I guess that I just took it at face value that, that this is this is like their you know boyfriend girlfriend. I guess there's like conspiracy theories out there that like it, they're doing it for um, like the NFL needs like more people watching and Taylor Swift needs more people watching. I'm not. I don't think there's any conspiracy theories. But it is a little too much, though. Don't, even Travis Kelsey's coming out and saying it's a little too much. What do you think? Yeah, that's just – I think – I've seen conspiracy theories like the NFL is, is um, taking this full flesh because they are trying to get her to be the halftime show in the Super Bowl. Uh, so that's why they're kind of, you know, providing that coverage. She has some type of movie out. But it's too much for me, Dave. People want to go and just watch their football um, all the Taylor Swift fans, you can go watch a concert if you want to be dialed into what she's doing. I'm trying to watch some football, Dave. I got two daughters. Thank goodness we saw Taylor Swift when she was at the horseshoe and it didn't when it didn't cost me, you know, we didn't have to mortgage our house. Like now you would have to to see her in person. We saw her whenever she came with what was it like 2018, something like that. She came to Ohio Stadium. My daughters were able to see her. So, you know, we're able to check that box so we don't have to spend like five million dollars to go see yeah. a Taylor Swift concert. All Dave. Right. Yeah, Dave. Before we go on, you know, I see a lot of the comments saying, "Well, maybe CJ's not ready." Keep in mind, Jim knows this week said he's ready. So Jim, so when uh, I think it was Stephen Means or somebody may have asked Jim in y'all's press conference um, and asked about CJ Hicks, and Jim said he's ready to go. He's just playing behind guys that are veterans. So if you're to believe Jim and you take him face value, the kid's ready to play. It's just a matter of getting them on the field per se. And you nailed it, JB. You're we're not saying ready to play, meaning start him against Purdue tomorrow and throw him out there for 50 plays. No, if Ohio State has the game in hand in the fourth quarter, yeah, you want the stats to look good and everything. But how else is he going to get ready if you don't throw him out there? And you know, they say he's ready, just those you know, veteran guys are ahead of him. Okay, I get that. If you're playing you know, let's say Michigan, you don't take your best linebackers on the off the field. If you watch an NFL game, I use the Bengals example all the time. They don't take Logan Wilson off the field for anything. So I get that. But you're trying to develop players. I don't need to repeat what you said. You nailed it. Yeah. Get him out there in the I, fourth quarter. Yeah. I will say this, Dave. Jim can't say that. He can't go to the podium and say that because they're, he's struggling recruiting linebackers right now. They're going to use in the South where Ohio State goes to the deep South and where we're battling Georgia's, Alabama's, Florida's for some of the top uh, linebackers in the country. You're looking for difference makers when you're at Ohio State. Georgia and Alabama, who has a propensity to play their younger guys, regardless of what veterans ahead of them, they're going to point to that comment, Dave, and say, See, 
you can go to Ohio State, but if you're not one of the top two linebackers, they're not going to play you because of seniority. And he could very well have a valid reason to say, hey, Tommy's the quarterback of my defense. Um, CJ is he's he's a good kid. He's ready to play, but he has some older guys ahead of him. That very well may be true, but he can't put that out there because that's going to be used against him in recruiting. Another salient point. Yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all if you're, you know, you're five-star linebacker, can't see the field in year two. Um, yeah, and it's not like, you know, those guys are setting the world on fire ahead of them. So hopefully he'll see some more time. All right, Purdue predictions. Buckeyes favored by 19 and a half. I checked this morning. I don't know if it's moved since then, but 19 and a half. It's floated right around there. I think it opened at 19. They got up to 20. Now it's at 19 and a half. Could be rainy tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be that bad, though. Um I have it 38 to 10 Buckeyes. I'm, I'm a little optimistic here. Purdue's better than people expected. They, It's funny. They're like their rookie head coach was worked under Brett Bielema last year. Ryan Walters was a D coordinator, at Illinois. And then Purdue blew out Illinois this year, this year, a few weeks ago in West Lafayette. Uh, but I think the Buckeyes are going to get the job done tomorrow. They're going to cover and smother. Give me the Buckeyes 38 to 10. I got a 30, uh, 35-7, Dave. I think um, I don't think Purdue's going to be able to do much against this Ohio State defense uh, until we get the running game figured out. Dave, this offense is being they're being um, held back from, you know, going 40, 45 points a game because you got to be able to have a balanced offense. Um, the slow starts are concerning to me, Dave. If they can start figuring out how to turn the offense on on the first half, then we can start seeing them hitting those 40. 50 point games that we're accustomed to seeing. So I do right now, 35, seven bad weather. Purdue's not a very good offense and defense. They're smothering everybody. Um, it's just a matter of can this offense get jump started out the gates as opposed to waiting to the second half. You and I always have similar scores. Like we're not identical, but we both have them winning by 28. And how about this loyal viewer, Sue, who's always in here giving nice comments. We have the exact same score. I love it. Sue and I, great minds think alike, 38 to 10. So uh, if, it, if it ends up being 38 to 10, that'd be hilarious. Um, one more thing I want to ask you about um, running backs. I, I think, you know, I asked coach about this. This isn't a surprise. Travion's going to play tomorrow. I mean, he could have played last week, as we know. I'm curious to get your take on the Dallin Hayden situation. A lot of people have said, well, why are they trying to redshirt him? Like, he's not going to be here five years. It's like, what? Why wouldn't he? Do you think of Dallin Hayden as like an early entry guy? Maybe he, and that'd be a, that's a problem you want to have, but they're not saying for sure they're going to redshirt him. They're just saying if these other guys stay healthy and he's going to be the number four running back, we wanted to redshirt him last year, but we couldn't. We could still play him in four games this year and still redshirt him. Um, why burn the year if you don't have to? I like it. What's your take on Dallin Hayden? Them trying I, think to it's, I think it's smart, Dave. It's a unique situation to where um, he has three guys that are really good running backs just ahead of him. Um, you know, what's he going to get? One or two touches at the most. It's not like Henderson's playing bad this year. I think Henderson's doing outstanding. So no no gripe for me regarding how they're going about down the Hayden. Now, it may be wishful thinking that they're going to shirt him. He's going to stick around. Uh, but his dad did tweet it out to be patient, um, which I thought was really cool. He had a little quote there if you want to check out Dallin Hayden's father. So basically his dad saying, just be patient. Your time will come. 
Uh, and that's something that you definitely want to hear because he has the opportunity to be the man. Now, if he comes in here next year, runs for 1,500 yards and looks like an All-American, then we can look back and say, why didn't you use Dallin Hayden? You had him just sitting there on the bench last year. But for right now, I think it's smart. I like it. Uh, don't burn the kid's eligibility, especially when you have three really good backs ahead of him that are all pretty, pretty much be going next year. Great insights, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Uh, hope everyone can join me for what we learned live right after the Ohio State-Purdue game tomorrow. I'll be joined by Bax. I'll be joined by Heater. I'll be joined by Patrick Murphy. Um, Steve Hellwagon is actually going to be out of town. Somebody has the audacity to get married on an Ohio State football Saturday. It's the first game Steve Hellwagon's going to miss in, like I think, like 40 years or something like that. But uh, join me for what we learned live. I tried to get Jay Book to join me. He's got a previous engagement, but... I think Jay Book is committed to join me for the Penn State version of what we learned live. So I'm already looking forward to that. Um, but I hope all of you can join me for what we learned live after the game tomorrow. Thanks to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and I hope everyone enjoys the game tomorrow. Bucknutters, go Bucks. <laughs>